0: Welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. Welcome to the I'm Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Aged
1: 35 in 2014. And I'm your other co-host, Judy Yaris. My husband, Sandy, had Parkinson's disease for 18 years, and I was his care partner. Today's episode,
0: we're going to be combining a couple of topics that we've gotten a lot of feedback from lately. One is drugs and the financial impact of having a lifelong disease. But first, we have our
1: new segment. Fuck, I've got Parkinson's. So, today we're going to talk a little bit about your doctor. Because many of you, when you're first diagnosed... You might have gotten a diagnosis from a regular neurologist, or in some cases, you might get it from your internist or your general practitioner. It's very interesting. My husband, Sandy, when he got his diagnosis, he was heading out the door from seeing a neurologist about a totally unrelated thing that happened. He had had a TIA, and... As he was going out the door of the office, the neurologist said to him, oh, by the way, you have Parkinson's. You can look it up on the internet. And that was his introduction to you have Parkinson's. So needless to say, it was a bit shocking and we went into complete denial. And I've talked a little bit about this on earlier episodes about what it was like, when he was first diagnosed. But the important thing for you to know if you have Parkinson's disease is that you need to get to a movement disorder specialist. Now, it's possible that you may live in an area where you don't have a movement disorder specialist. So then what you want to do is research the neurologists that are available to you, And find one that at least is very familiar and treats lots of people with Parkinson's disease. It's really important.
0: Yes, we cannot emphasize this enough that the quality of care difference that you will receive from a movement disorder specialist is way higher than what most garden variety neurologists provide. It's not any knock against them. It's just that Parkinson's is a very broad yet specific category of neurological disease and requires a very large amount of experience to properly
1: treat. Yes, there's a fine tuning that goes on with your movement disorder specialist. And you know, you might be, I know that there are some people that go to Kaiser and um, they have, let's say, one movement disorder specialist that's at one particular Kaiser that may be very far away from you. But what you can do is have an appointment with that movement disorder specialist. And maybe you only see that person once every six months. And then you see other neurologists for the main care for the everyday stuff that comes up for you. And also you can do telemed. And this is something that's become, since obviously COVID, it's become a big um, plus side for people with PDs. You don't have to drive 500 miles to see a movement disorder specialist. You can do it on Zoom. So I think that it's more accommodating now to be able to get in to see one. Many of the hospitals don't have a full staff of movement disorder specialists. Um, even at UCLA, where they have always had many That things happen and sometimes they go to another university or they go to another hospital. And there is a a change. So you really have to keep yourself covered on this. But out of all of our advice, this is the one thing that we want you to know. Find yourself a movement disorder specialist. And there's a lot of referrals out there that you can check with certain organizations such as PCLA to see if they might be able to have a recommendation for someone in your area. So don't hesitate to ask. Right. Being proactive in your care is the most important thing you can do. And so that ends our segment.
0: Thanks, Judy. And now on to the rest of our show. So the working title for this episode comes from a mockery of that DARE Youth program that was popular when I went through school. It supposedly stands for something about drug resistance education, but I always figured it stood for D.A.R.E. Drugs are really expensive, and that (laughs) is what I wanted to touch base on. This show, drugs are really expensive, but nothing out on the street compares to what you will spend on pharmaceuticals, especially if you don't have great insurance or any insurance. And this is a very real consideration if, like me, PD has impacted your life so that you have a lower, or in my case, much lower income. The ability to spend a thousand, two thousand dollars a month on drugs just to get through your day is a whole lot different when you're
1: not making that much. That's right, Travis. If you've had to quit your job, if you've had to go on disability, if you've just taken a leave of absence, any of those things that have happened. And in some cases now with COVID, people were furloughed, companies closed. There's so many changes that have been taking place. And you have to have really great insurance, not even good insurance. I have to say Sandy and I were very lucky that he had a wonderful insurance policy from his early days of teaching. And because of that, we didn't have a lot of out-of-pocket uh, medical bills or or drug bills. There were just a few things that we had. We paid every month, but compared to what my younger friends with PD have been going through, there's just no comparison. I mean, they're out, as you said, it could be a 1000 or $2,000 a month. It's pretty crazy.
0: Judy, my personal... Uh- Billing for drugs that I take every day is over $2,500 every month. Oh my gosh, Travis. That's crazy. Yes. And as someone on disability, I am forced, for lack of a better term, I am. Yes. Given one choice, and that choice is Medicare for any drug coverage, which Medicare does not include drug coverage. So I pay additionally out of pocket for a prescription right, plan specific to Medicare. And, you know, we are absolutely not going to get into the politics of Medicare or what it does and doesn't cover because that is a much larger topic for a different show. But I will say that many, many people are... In the same boat as me with an outrageous cost for their drugs that... Well, it will so impact them as to essentially they will have to choose to not take their drugs
1: because it just simply costs too much. Okay, and so this is something that we want to focus on because it's really not an option for you not to take your drugs. And so there are a few things you can try to do. And I'm sure, Travis, you have you tried this before you ever got your Medicare, because I think Travis has mentioned this in a previous episode, how hard it is to get disability, how hard it, it will be to get Medicare. how ho- It is so difficult to get any of these things, because for some reason, Parkinson's disease doesn't seem to be high on the list of diseases to be able to get disability. You get turned down three or four times. So you have to be really persistent. But I have heard, and I have seen this in action, that many of the drug companies have what they call, it's like a scholarship program. So basically, you contact the drug of choice that you're supposed to be taking, you contact the manufacturer, and you tell them that you cannot afford to pay for it. And you have to submit a lot of information. I mean, it's a lot of personal information. They want to see your tax return. They want to see your income. I mean, they want to know that you really cannot afford to do this. So if you're a private person, it's hard to release that kind of information to someone out there. But it's worth it because in many cases, they can give you the, the medication either free or at a very low cost. Right, and I want to touch base
0: on yet another aspect that there are so many people, not just with Parkinson's disease, that have dealt with this high cost of health care. Yes. That there are foundations, lots of them out there, specifically To help them. That's right. And I want to give a quick plug to one that I've received help from. Great. Who is it? This is the Patient Access Network Foundation. And they say from their website, our mission is to help underinsured people with life threatening, chronic, and rare diseases, get the medications and treatments they need by assisting with their out of pocket costs and advocating for improved access and affordability. And from their website, also, these. In um fifty eight percent of Americans have gone with or delayed essential medical care because of high out of pocket medical costs. eighty one thousand. $8,100 is the uh, average amount Medicare beneficiaries with cancer, multiple sclerosis, hepatitis C, or arthritis spend on their medications in 2019. $8,100. That is a very large chunk of change that you may
1: not have budgeted for. That's exactly right, Travis. Most people are not prepared for that kind of financial impact. And no. so it's. I didn't know about this organization, and I think it's wonderful that we have this available to us. And I know there's other organizations that do help as well, but always start with the drug company and they might be able to help you. Check with other Parkinson's organizations. They might have a a good referral system for you. So don't give up on it. You know, ask people, ask people what they're doing. Not everyone can just write a check for $2,000 in medication every month. It's very rare that most people can do that.
0: Right. And I know that I certainly couldn't, especially not once I was only making uh, one fifth of my income on disability. So yes, I absolutely advocate that you've got to Persist in finding a way to get that therapeutic
1: treatment that you need. Yes, absolutely. You do. You have to find a way to get there. And I think this is great advice for people that are looking at at this long-term commitment now that you have with PD. Because it's not going anywhere, folks. <laughs> you're, you're always gonna have medication costs. Right. And you have to find solutions to be able to support yourself and not miss your medication. That's really not an option. Right. It's it's really important that you stay on top of it. So again, we always talk about being proactive and that you have to be responsible for your own health care. And this is one of the ways you have to do it, um, making sure you have an insurance policy, but also know that insurance doesn't always cover everything. You know, Medicare only covers certain things. It doesn't cover, even if you get Medicare, it doesn't cover a lot of procedures and there's a lot of... Things that are going to come up. And that's not even to mention things like dental care, which most people don't even have dental insurance.
0: Right. Or vision. Or
1: vision, any of those things. So, those are even other extras that go even beyond what your medication is. So, you really want to make sure that you sit down and look at this. And, you know, this is something that I want to bring up here too, that I think it's worthwhile to talk to an estate planner. And even if you don't make a lot of money, an estate planner is someone that can really give you some guidance how to get through this time financially.
0: Right. Because you've got to plan not only for the next you know, one year or the next five, as is popular, you know, what's your five-year plan? But you've got to have a good plan or a few options in place for the rest of
1: your life. Yes, what's your 20-year plan? (laughs) You know, I like to look at that one. Five years, you blink and you're at five years. (laughs) But 20 years, now now you're looking at a different story. What is your 20-year plan?
0: Right, and that could involve different decisions about where you choose to live or how you choose to spend your money. It might make sense for you to buy a new car now so that you can pay for it while you're still working and not put it off another few years or it may make sense for you to say, I'm okay and I don't need that new car, but you've got to sit down and really have a a, um, recognition of where you're at where your money comes from. You talked about that on a previous episode, Judy. Yes. A lot of folks may not have clarity on where their money comes from and
1: where it all goes. That's right. Uh, and, and, you know, when you're in denial, I just want to say something about some of our newly diagnosed friends, because when you're in denial about this – You don't want to look at those things. Right. I mean, you barely want to get out of bed, let's face it. You want to just go hide under the covers for a lot of cases. But you really have to get honest with yourself. And don't try to do it by yourself. I'm a firm believer of asking for help. And I know if you're a guy and you've been diagnosed and maybe you are used to always being in charge... It's, it's not very, um, it's just not your way of doing things. Let's put it that way. You don't. it's not
0: intuitive. That was the
1: word I was looking for. It is not intuitive. So, you know, you're not used to asking someone to give you some assistance, but this is the one time where you really could use it. And the more you ask, the more you will find out that people are amazing And they will help guide you. And it's great to have that available to yourself, you know, and to your family and talk to your family, you know, let them know what the financial impact could be, especially like in a a young onset person that maybe has teenagers at home or that has someone going away to college. There's, There's so much that could be going on.
0: Right, you've got to plan. You know, if your current plan involves putting aside five hundred a month for little Johnny's college education, then suddenly you're hit with two grand a month in medical bills. You've got to figure out how you can still get little Johnny off to Harvard and <laughs> pay for your pills at the same time. Right. And it's not something that you're going to wrap up in one conversation. That's something I would also like to emphasize. It is something that is ongoing. It's not like you're going to sit down, write up a plan that is going to be static. Dick, you know, for the rest of your life, you've got to constantly revisit it and make adjustments
1: according to your needs as they change. That's absolutely correct, Travis. There are just adjustments all the time and the needs will change and they do change and you know it might not be a significant change but they change nothing is static and and you have to support yourself in the best way you can to be able to get through it so that you don't go through deep deep depression and you don't go through the pitfalls that occur when you there are financial difficulties
0: Right. I mean, depression might seem like a terrible thing, and it is, but depression on top of an eviction or on top of not being able to afford your medication so you stop taking it is even worse.
1: Yes, I agree with that completely. So, folks, our message is have the conversation, make sure that you- Have another
0: conversation.
1: (laughs) And talk to your doctor about it. Don't be embarrassed to say to your doctor, hey, you know, I don't know that I can afford to pay for these drugs. I'm not sure how I'm going to do this. And your doctor may have resources of different scholarship programs for, for medication. I mean- it's just right. what there is. It is out there. Remember that these drug companies have a lot more money than you do. And they make a lot of money. And the one thing that I can say about them, as much as I'm sometimes going, Oh, anti big drug companies. I'm really not. I really support them because a, they've kept my, hu- they did keep my husband alive for 30 years. So I got to give them kudos on that. And number two, they are there to help you. They want you to have a healthy quality of life and they want you to live your best life. So if you can contact them and say, I want to take this drug, I cannot afford it, what's available to me, they'll work with you. And even if it's a short term, you know, it might be a short Mm -hmm. term, but it gives you an opportunity to be taking your drugs until you can get things in order. And that's what's so important.
0: Right, and that was a similar... Um, path that I took. My doctor recommended a new drug that I switched to and after a fair amount of hiccups finally got it adjusted and smoothed out to the point where I really liked it. And I liked my quality of life on it. And then it came to the point where I had to pay for it <laughs> and was yeah. like, Oh wow, that's a different thing, especially with the laws in this country about how a new drug patent works. If you're on any sort of drug that's less than ten years old, you'll have to pay the premium or brand name prices because there are no generics available, which is the case per. Two of the medications I'm taking.
1: This is really good information, Travis, because a lot of people don't know this about drugs that are newly, that are new drugs. And I think you have to really reach out, dig deep, folks, get in there and get the information, find out what it's going to cost look at your finances, and then see what you can do to assist yourself. And believe me, you don't have to be destitute to get help. It doesn't mean that you cannot be working. It doesn't mean that you can't own a home. It just means that you need assistance and they're out there to help you find a way to pay for it. So it's it's really important to um, reach out, And Travis, I appreciate your candidness on this because a lot of people don't like to talk about um, finances. They don't like to acknowledge the fact that it is not easy when you're not working, you know.
0: Right. Well.
1: Everyone likes to say they're doing great, you know. (laughs) I'm okay.
0: (laughs) That has seldom profited me in my life, Judy. I've had more um better experiences from honestly telling folks how I'm really doing than glossing it over. So that's, that's good. What Travis. You, that's what you'll get on this show is
1: real honest Travis. That's absolutely right. So I think we got it today for sure. Thanks, Travis, for doing that.
0: That's a wrap. Bing. Bing.